The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. All right. That's always like a shot of espresso in the morning. I love I love that intro. You know, we might we might be introducing some new electronic beats into the podcast in the coming beats, though. I am joined by Justin Bruni, as always. How you doing, my friend? Doing well, doing well. It's a mid Thursday, uh, mid Thursday day show. We're usually in the morning. So this is a little change of pace. I like it. I like it. Ready to talk some uh, Dynasty QBs. Very excited. How are you? Doing fabulous, ready to bring the people some dynasty fantasy football quarterback action. I you know, I just figured this would be a good topic to discuss because dynasty rookie drafts are over and now we are in full into dynasty startup season. People are joining leagues like right now, like crazy. So redraft season is right around the corner too. We'll be taking more, we'll be factoring in a little bit more of a long-term approach today. With that, I figured we just drive right into it. So the obvious We'll, we'll, this is like, you know, when we were discussing Bijan Robinson for months when we were doing yeah. those rookie drafts, and we we're just like, all right, who's who's going to tell the people why we're taking Bijan Robinson? But first one, there was no debate here. It is Patrick Mahomes at the number two, one spot. Um, you know what? I'm a Chiefs fan. You know, I have Chiefs back on this side. I have Chiefs uh, poster back here. I have yeah. my Chiefs shirt on, too. Obviously, I'm a homer, but you have Patrick Mahomes number yeah. one as well. I'll let you die. Like, of course, why is Patrick Mahomes the dynasty quarterback one for the long term? Is it just me or am I like the only person that's always waiting for him to throw like four touchdowns in a quarter? You know, I don't. Is there anyone else that you know that can do that? Not that I know. Yeah. His downfield ability, his downfield accuracy is just off the charts. You know, he's never out of any situation. Uh, if you're down by seven with 20 seconds left in the game on your own 20, that's the quarterback I want going out there to get me in, in range, you know, to get, get, get me a shot. Right. Uh, as a rookie, before he was even installed as a starter, they were like, you know what? We need a deep shot right here. Mahomie, come here. Come here, buddy. We Alex Smith isn't going to be able to get this one past 40 yards. We need you for a 70-yard pass real quick, okay? Just one. It's no big deal. You're a rookie. It won't, it won't matter. It's not, it's not a big thing, right? So he's just always been this guy. And and that's really what it is. The accuracy, the deep ball ability, it's it's just off the charts in comparison to the rest of the group here in the top uh, you know, two to five, right? I think the only person that I feel could be on the same level with him as a, as a passer and you know in this coming year maybe in the next two or three is joe burrow uh who i'm also very high on it's, it's just i really like these stand in the pocket stand and deliver type of quarterbacks and outside of that mahomes actually has some legs under him you know he's not a runner but he's spry let's let's say right he, he's he's uh maybe not going to always be that you know he's, he's still uh, a typical uh like middle-aged uh, quarterback right now in this league that's you know got a lot of youth right now you know uh no more Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, you know, on the very decline here, probably only a season or two left for him. The youth movement is really taking over the position, and he is at the forefront of it. It's just very hard for me to convince myself that Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, or Joe Burrow still even have enough wherewithal or backed ability to go ahead of him in rankings, That where I'm just super confident 
that they're going to be able to leap him in the next two to three years. I just don't see it happening. So maybe this conversation is a little bit different after this next two to three year window. But right now it's his league. He, he owns it. Yep, absolutely. I agree. You know, he's just the safest to perform for the next three to four years. You know, I think he's going to have a long career. You know, maybe maybe somebody in the next three to four years as he's getting a little bit older and that rushing upside maybe dissipates Mm -hmm. a little bit. Maybe he's not the fantasy quarterback one anymore, but he should be the best quarterback in the NFL for a long time. You know, one stat I was discussing earlier today, he was number three in yards per target last season or, or yards per attempt last season, I meant. Mm-hmm. And he was number 23 in air yards per target. So w- what does that mean? So that means, you know, that means he was getting a lot of production on shorter throws. So he, that he was number three in you know, average depth of target where he was mm-hmm. throwing downfield, but he was number three in yards. So he was producing, you know, but he learned how to play quarterback like a normal person. Like I think last season, two years ago, we saw him struggle with that too high safety coverage. That was a little mm-hmm. bit new for him that people were keeping him in the pocket and forcing him to make short throws. That was brand new. So, didn't, you know, that was a down year for him in retrospect. And now last year, you know, he was learning how to make reads, not on the run, in the pocket. So, you know, I think, you know, he had some growing pains learning how to play quarterback like a normal person. Now yeah. we are watching a guy who can do everything. He can do the circus playground stuff and he can play quarterback, you know, just like, you know, like Tom Brady sitting back there in the pocket too. So Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, obviously the number one guy here. And- and I think we could even see this value even pole vaulted. We have him at number one, but like you had said, like the the average depth of target wasn't as high, right? His, Travis Kelsey was his guy. They get an explosive weapon in this offense again, like Tyreek Hill. That can all change overnight. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the offense has shifted a lot. But yes, if it, we add another game breaker to this offense, maybe not this season, but the following season. Mm-hmm. Only Patrick Mahomes' outlook could increase. And, you know, watch is why. I actually have Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback three in redraft rankings this season. But, yes, quarterback one for Dynasty, obviously. That, and that leads into some of the things that I'm concerned about is doesn't necessarily have a lot of strong weapons at wide receiver. So I prefer mm-hmm. two options ahead of him. But we're actually going to dive into those names in the next two spots. So up number two is Josh Allen. You had him at number two. I have mm-hmm. him at number three. But, you know, I think the disrespect is crazy over these last couple. You know, I just hear, see him falling back on rankings. People clearly putting Joe Burrow ahead of him and stuff. Man, this guy was yeah. still, had top had 11 top five fantasy quarterback performances last season. I know in, mm-hmm. I know he just had a rough stretch of passing towards the end, of the end of the year, maybe due to injury. Only had two 300-yard passing performances in those final eight or nine games. So I expect Josh Allen to bounce back, even though the Buffalo Bills didn't necessarily have a lot of didn't add a lot to their wide receiver room. Gabe Davis is still the number two guy there, but with that rushing upside that Patrick Mahomes doesn't necessarily have Josh Allen, my number two quarterback in 2022 and number three quarterback or number in 2023, I should say, and number three quarterback in dynasty long-term. I think, you know, he's set up for long, uh, a three-year window here with that rushing upside. It's hard to see him falling outside of the top three quarterbacks any given year. Yeah, I would have Jalen Hurts ahead of him in, in redraft, but in dynasty, I'm just still a little bit more comfortable with Allen uh, based on the body of work that we've seen. And and honestly, I, I know I don't want to sim- oversimplify it, but he just has this big body frame. You know, I trust him to potentially get hurt less than I do Jalen Hurts. Like, it's it's tough to take Josh Allen down. He's a big guy. And when he gets outside of the pocket, he can make some magic happen with his legs or, you know, get involved in the play action. I like the weapons around him. Uh, I, I like how they've kind of reinstilled the running game a little bit with Damian Harris. I think that that's going to be an underrated ad, you know, come, uh, you know, the middle of this season. People are going to be, you know, talking a little bit differently about their run game because they have a little bit more, you know, just just more 
uh, defined roles, right? You have like James Cook that can be more of a speed back, Dame Harris that can, you know, bang down the middle, run hard downhill. And then you have Josh Allen that's going to be involved in that as well. I'm hoping that they can get him in more involved in like some direct running type of plays, but it feels like the the weapons that they have added around him may peel him back a little bit from running the ball or just needing to because you have kind of a, a reliable guy that can finish at the goal line, you feel like, or with, within the three in a Dame Harris, and you don't need to shove your QB1 into the pile maybe as often. So I'm hoping that can happen. I hope he can get a little bit of a boost, but... You know, him, Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis. You know, I, I know that a lot of people like Dalton Kincaid. I think that they have a good group around them. And while I still think that the uh, Eagles offense is a little bit deeper, it, I just keep coming back to just his size, his athletic build. And that's just what edges, you know, Allen out of Hurts for me, at least for the number two spot. Like, I do like both of their next, you know, two to four year windows. But again, I'm, when I'm looking at like the, the physical traits, I just lean in favor of Allen a little bit more. Um, maybe it's just a little bit of bias to, you know, physicality, but that's 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 my tiebreaker. You know, I I, I will actually give my retreat because that leads perfectly into our number three consensus quarterback, Jalen Hurts in Dynasty mm -hmm. rankings. But before we dive into that, I just want to give one more shout out to our friends over at Edge Boost. Have you signed up for Edge Boost? Yes, if you're not, you are missing out. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now pay later visa card similar to buy now pay later programs edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equally weekly install payments that's right zero percent interest simply deposit funds into your account and edge boost will to match the match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting website edge currently offers up to twenty five hundred dollars in advances up to twenty five hundred dollars you can add to your bankroll my edge boost doubled down Play of the day is the Golden Knights at plus one and a half. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 or older to use. Only valid in legally gambling states. Problem gambling. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. And we will dive into Jalen Hurts, the number three ranked quarterback. And why I have him as my quarterback two in Dynasty is just, my goodness. I like to look at Dynasty through a three-year window and, we have A.J. Brown tied up through most of that. We have Devontae Smith tied up for at least, I think, he, yeah, he, he's tied up through all of that because he has that first year, that fifth year option on him that they will, looking like they will certainly take. You have Dallas Goddard tied up there. Jalen Hurts is, he has one of the most guaranteed contracts in the NFL over the next five years. So he is going to be there assuredly over this. You know, it's just a perfect situation for these next few years to be have fantastic fantasy output i mean he's my quarterback one this season mm -hmm. and for redraft purposes for that reason and you know i i yeah we need to we, we should factor more of this season into our dynasty you know i mean this season is extremely important coming up you know like i said through a three-year window here we're looking at that's a third of the year so jalen hurts my number one quarterback this year and i have no reason to think that he could won't be for sure top three quarterback in 2024 as well so just a perfect situation for success number one in rushing attempts last year number one in rushing touchdowns if he stays healthy, man, if he stays healthy, I mean, my goodness. I mean, it's for fantasy. I'm, I'm, I can't, it's hard to really get rid of him in dynasty leagues just because he's so, I mean, it's impossible to trade these top line quarterbacks. They set mm -hmm. you up for such great success. So Jalen hurts. I saw he was number three in your rankings as well. Yeah. Yeah. Num number three. And it realistically, like, and maybe it's just because I have maybe a little bit more exposure to Jalen hurts, but these top three guys, they fall in your lap in, in a startup, you're going to be feeling really good. Like, I don't think that 
Jalen Hurts being at number three is like a, a slight to him whatsoever. I just think that these top three guys are amazing. Uh, he also leads the league in direct runs at the quarterback position, and I think that's what's most deadly about Jalen Hurts is the the offense that's built around him and the playbook that that's around him. Like they want him to be schemed up uh, to you know, like I said, take direct runs, have a very um, you know misconception. You know, they don't they don't want to give tells to the defense. Excuse me, I don't know where I was going with that. So it's very hard to predict their play calling, especially with the bevy of running backs that they have now. Uh, Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift, Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott. It's going to be absolutely ridiculous to predict who's going to be on the field for which type of uh, you know which type of plays. Is Jalen Hurts running? Is he giving it off to one of those running backs, or or is he just going to pass the ball down the field? And I really like the way that he was able to develop as a as a passer with the emergence of AJ Brown. That gives dynasty owners a lot more confidence. We're not having the same conversation before AJ Brown. That's for certain. So I love what they've built around him. Him missing a little bit of time last year, again, like kind of going to the tie of the physical frame between him and Josh Allen, still concerns me a little bit. Uh, I've been scooping up all three of these guys in you know best ball, redraft, dynasty. So feel really good about uh, Jalen Hurts' prospects. And like you said, like the, the guys around him aren't going anywhere. Um, like the the tie goes to the, uh, the the bigger physical guy for me and Josh Allen over Jalen Hurts. But there's still a lot to like about this guy. Incredibly efficient. A weapon all over the field. You know, you're probably going to see some plays where he lines up at receiver or running back. They're going to run some weird wildcat stuff with him. So, elite QB. He's in the top three conversation. Yeah, and actually, I looked back. I, we might have forgotten. You actually have Joe Burrow as the quarterback three. How do you feel about that? Our quarterback four in our consensus rankings. Like I said, I love Joe Burrow. All I, right. Yeah. I mean, Joe, I, I understand Joe the dynasty leagues having him ahead. Yeah. Joe, Joe Burrow has also uh, weapons around him as well. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. Um, I, I guess Joe Mixon's probably coming back. <laughs> uh, Tyler Boyd. I mean, that's that's a cohesive group. They've been together for four years. You know, like it's nice that A.J. Brown got there, you know, in, within the last two in, into Philly. But Joe Burrow's had these guys since he came into the league. They're a very cohesive group. Um, there was a lot of talk that they weren't going to bring, bring T Higgins back, you know, ownership shut that down. Like, come on, why would we be that crazy to let this guy go? Right. Well, we've got Joe Burrow who needs an offensive line, you know, <laughs> when you've got Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase and T Higgins, uh, that, that, that's been the, the principle of thought over there in, in Cincinnati, but no, like Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes to me are the next shift over to the Tom Brady's, right. The Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Peyton Manning's. So that's 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 what I look at when I I'm sorry that's what I see when I look at Joe Burrow, you know the 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 next coming of. Um, I I totally agree with that, but here's my big thing with Joe Burrow is this: he's such a good passer. He is he is right up there with Patrick Mahomes. You are right. He is a quality he was, of a passer. Uh, the PFF best rated passer last season, 91.0. Oh, well, I'll t- give give uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase instead of what he was dealing with all season. We'll, we'll oh, see sure. Never- oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you're no, you're a thousand percent right. And that's what I hope happens for the Chiefs in, you know, in the next year or year or two. Well, that, that would we'll be insane. See. We'll see. You know what? You know what? This is, We're getting off track a little bit here, but I'm ready. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes has been making his, you know, been steadily increasing his money. He's making a lot of money now. But mm-hmm. all these young quarterbacks that came in behind him, all these young, talented quarterbacks who have been – all these teams on rookie contracts like the Bengals, mm-hmm. the Eagles, the Bills, it's over now. It's over. You're going to have to pay these guys more than Patrick Mahomes is making. 
And now you're going to have to deal with that those salary cap mm-hmm. issues. So I'm looking well, that's, forward. That's a chess chess move by the Chiefs. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you want to you want your quarterback to be the, the highest paid quarterback? Let's let's crank these numbers up here. I was watching the interview yesterday with Patrick Mahomes. He's like, I don't I don't care about money, legacy yeah. rings. That's what it's all about. Oh, well, of course that gets me going. I love that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm inter- I'm ready for Joe Joe Burrow. That money's not going to fully kick in this season, but by mm-hmm. twenty by by you know by 2024, they're going to be a little cash strapped. To be, keep all these players on the Bengals, so we'll see that goes. We'll probably see some of these wide receiver cores fall off a little bit as these guys start yeah. getting paid a little bit. But well, I, Joe, go ahead. I was the only thing I was going to say is that I wanted to really note on is that Joe Burrow also just plays in a much rougher and tougher division right now. There's no one that's picking the anyone in the AFC West to go over top of the Chiefs. Nobody. That's it. And you, and you wouldn't have the confidence to do it. Maybe uh, maybe the Chargers, but I. Can, could, could you buy that? I mean, I know you're a Chiefs fan, but practically, mm-hmm. who's taking home that division this year? I mean, I think the AFC West is better than – I think that the AFC – I think it's just because the Chiefs are so good. The AFC West mm-hmm. is better than the AFC North, in my opinion. It's just I, – I think it's more competitive. I, mm-hmm. I, I think the competition levels are – very like, when you look at the Ravens and the Browns, they're on the come up. Um, the Steelers, maybe they don't have a great quarterback in Kenny Pickett, but Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, Joe Burrow – and then Kenny Pickett, like if Kenny Pickett takes a step forward, and I mean they were still what uh, a nine and eight, eight and nine team last season, they still finish with a with a winning record. So it's it's tough for me to, you know, like for example, like I, I did a, a week two bet, you know, the Bengals are going to win week one, lose week two to to the Ravens. I, I just don't see anyone in that division running away with it, like I see the Chiefs absolutely running away with their division, let alone their conference. I, like I said, I, I agree that I think the Chiefs have the best chance maybe of winning. Actually, I don't know, you know, like the Chargers, I think, are, are going to bounce back. I think they're going to be a formidable foe. I think the Chargers mm-hmm. are better than anybody the Bengals be facing in their division this year. I think they'll bounce back. And I don't think the AFC North is that rough and tumble division that it once was. The defenses aren't intimidating anymore. I think this is actually probably going to be an offensive league, offensive division, which is Tell isn't, isn't Roquan Smith and the, and the Ravens. We'll see. Like I said, I think this is more of an offensive kind of firepower division all of a sudden now instead of the typical defense that we will. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll, we'll table the the general NFL talk. We'll get back to fantasy. But um, the uh, Joe Burrow, I guess the one concern I have for Joe Burrow is that yeah, he's not going to have anything with his legs, which kind of puts him beneath these quarterbacks. And he's my quarterback five in dynasty rankings. I love, you know, I love the floor. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. I think he's the safe, one of the safest, probably the second safest player to produce over these next four or five seasons. Like if you're picking the safest floor behind mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes, I think it's Joe Burrow. But like I said, I just don't think he's not going to add anything with his legs. And looking through three years, we're not we're not playing dynasty 10 years from now. We're playing, like I right. said, I like to play in these three-year windows. So I actually have Justin Herbert ranked ahead of Joe Burrow as he's Ooh. Justin Herbert's my quarterback for our, our consensus quarterback five. And I think, you know, Justin Herbert just had a really rough year last year. He was, uh, he, I mean, his expected fantasy points per game and actual fantasy points per game. There was a big difference there. Mm-hmm. And he, he just had, he only threw 25 touchdown passes. It was just a weird year. He got hurt mm-hmm. early on and he, his rushing up um, upside dropped significantly as a result. So, Justin Herbert, as long as Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are out there, they added Quinn Johnston. I think we're going to see a bounce back. Rashawn Slater back at left tackle. They lost him early mm-hmm. on last year. So I think Justin Herbert is set up for a big year. I think after kind of being forgotten about this past year, I think next offseason, I think we'll, Justin Herbert will be cemented right in that conversation 
with Josh Allen, Joe Burrow. I think he'll be seamlessly right in that top five quarterbacks again. But mm-hmm. I know he's your quarterback five. You just had small difference there. So what, what are your what's your outlook on Justin Herbert going forward? I, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. I mean, he still threw for forty seven hundred yards last year on a down year. That that's that's great. You love to see that. But the weapons around him are they're aging. You know, they're they're on the decline. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, like you said. I like the all replacements out of Quentin Johnston, potentially Josh Palmer, who we who we liked last year. I love Gerald Everett at tight end. But when I look around, it's tough for me in, in, in that two to three year window to buy that, you know, the offense for the Bengals can't be just as good, if not better. And I think that him and Joe Burrow, as far as a, as passing acumen goes, you know, I still I still feel like Joe Burrow is the better, better player. Like you had said, maybe Herbert has a little bit more uh, rushing upside. I, I think Joe Burrow can run. I just don't think that they need him or want him to, especially after his rookie season. He was taking he was taking actually a lot of QB direct runs. Um, I, I think it was after his injury, his rookie season, that was kind of halted. They just didn't – they weren't putting it out on the, on the playbook as much. But, you know, I remember as a rookie, he was running uh, quite a bit, actually, and he was impressive with his legs before getting hurt. Um, I just don't think that either team wants – either of those guys to run, especially when you have Austin Eckler behind you uh, with the Chargers. So when I look at Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, the tie goes to the talent around him. I feel like the, you know, the levels are going to be a little bit higher for the Bengals for the next couple of seasons. Like you said, maybe they do run into cap issues, but I think they recover from that by maybe fading the running back position. I don't think that they're going to pay another running back here um, in the, in the coming years. I know they just drafted Chase Brown. They have Joe Mixon who I like, but you know, it feels like he's closer to his way out the door than he is to, you know, getting another deal and staying with his team. So, you know, I, again, very close for the two. I lean in favor of Burrow just based on the situation um, and just the weapons around him. They're, they're very cohesive and they're also very young. I don't trust Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to help support Justin Herbert through the next two to three year window. As we saw last season, those guys were issues, you know, being out of the lineup. It wasn't just Justin Herbert being hurt, but the weapons around him not being as strong. And I think that's why we weren't able to get um, or why we didn't bring home as many touchdowns. Because, again, you look at the the passing yards, you look at the the attempts. These are all great uh, check marks to hit. But, you know, you you were still, what, QB seven or eight last year? Yes. Yeah. He was the quarterback – Oh my screen! And that's frozen. I can't. That's all held up on yardage. You know what? What I don't. I don't know his exact finish, but regardless, wherever he finished was all held on yardage. And you still have an Austin Eckler there that can steal the rock in the red zone. So I don't feel like Justin Herbert's like rushing upside is going to like get him more touchdowns or get him more exposure to you know getting touches in the red zone or something like that. No, I, I think that it it's great to keep things alive. You know, keep keep drives alive and stuff like that. But he's going to be used as much as a runner is. You know. Mahomes or Burrow, in my opinion. I think I think more than Burrow, but I, I see where you're coming from there. Andrew Rob mm-hmm. is checking in with us though. Gents, Superflex Dynasty League rookie draft. Who should I take at the one, two, and one four? Imagine I need everything for my team. So a, a quarterback. At, at, at one two, it's Richardson for me. And we'll, he, <clears> he's, you know, we're gonna talk about him today. He's our number, he's our number 12 quarterback in these rankings. Mm-hmm. I don't have any other rookies ahead. You can take the upside. Anthony Richardson, most athletic guy to ever talk, uh, ever quarterback to ever grace the NFL combine. And that draft capital was exactly what we were looking for. Colts are a strong landing spot. And at the one four, I'm probably double clicking best player available and taking another quarterback, probably whoever's left between Stroud and Young. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you don't, if, if, if you're absolutely set at quarterback and your league doesn't really trade, I usually like to go for value. So, you know, I, I like to take the two quarterbacks and maybe look to sell one, even if you didn't need both quarterbacks, if your mm-hmm. league's not much, not a big trading league. I'm fine with taking Gibbs over Stroud or uh, young. I, you know, I, like I said, I would lean double tapping quarterback, but I, I don't hate get grabbing Gibbs too, especially while his mm-hmm. value is at a peak right now. So those, that's what would be my game plan in that rookie draft, but good luck to you, Andrew. Hopefully you rock that out and enjoy Anthony Richardson or, I don't know. Like I said, Bijan Robinson, sometimes he does fall. There's miracles do end up happening. Like we were talking about on last week's show, but next up is our quarterback six. And you had him at quarterback six. I had him at quarterback seven. Our next two quarterbacks are tied. We just had them Mm -hmm. switched up a little bit, but I'll I'll give you the tiebreaker here. It is Lamar Jackson in the sixth spot. Why do you have Lamar Jackson here? You know, I'm assuming you're anticipating a bounce back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They've built up the offense around them. There's a lot more weapons. And this is still a guy that's going to run a lot. Like, I know that people are getting excited, like, oh, this new offense is going to have, you know, Lamar passing more than he's running. Get out of here. You're, you're being silly. That's that's not what he does. Uh, in, what do you have, 12 games last season? He was still second in rushing yards at the quarterback position in just 12 games. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous what he can do. I'm excited to see him work with, you know, OBJ, uh, Rashad Bateman again when healthy. So I, I and Mark Andrews, of, of, of course, uh, like the weapons that they have around him and what we've seen from him. He can be an elite passer. You know, his sophomore season, I believe he had uh, about 36 total touchdowns, I think 26 or 27 passing. This guy can can do it all, really. He just needs the weapons around him and he needs to stay healthy. Obviously, the type of style of play does, you know, you know, present more opportunities for potential injury. Right. But I, I feel like we, he's just he's faded the doubters at this point. Like, I, I just don't have, you know, anything against him. I don't have any anything working against him in my, in my rankings. I just like these pocket passers a lot more. I think in some people's rankings, he could be as high as even top four. But this is a passing league in my eyes. I don't run to the running quarterbacks as much as the average drafter. I like these stand in the pocket and deliver type of guys. And the way that the the Ravens are talking, Lamar is going to be that type of player this upcoming season. That's what they're talking about. So what is Rob saying? Does it affect your rankings if we know he isn't going to run as much? I just don't buy into that. They say he's not going to run as much. It's May. That's coach talk. Like you're telling me you're going to keep the Lamborghini in the garage all season. I don't think so. Uh, Before, before I dive into it, I just want to give uh, a shout out to our friend over at Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays, their team always has your back and for our international listeners shady rays has you covered as well with shipping to canada australia new zealand and the united kingdom go to shadyrays.com and use code sgpn for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses and remember may is almost over so make sure to take your receipt to sports gambling podcast.com slash shady for your chance to win the 500 shady may contest and when you make your order guys get the case get the sunglasses case that comes with it i uh, took both of mine out of my cart and then i had to piecemeal with uh glasses holders that i had at home i I wasn't liking it 
<laughs> it's worth I, the extra eight bucks. Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm bad. I, I'm bad on my stuff. I, I'm hard on my stuff, my good stuff that I buy, my sunglasses, my AirPods, whatever it may be. So grab, definitely grab that case. But um, yeah, Lamar Jackson for me, it, it, here's my thing. I just don't know if he's the quality of Pat, you know, if we're, if he's going to take rush significantly less, maybe like a Kyler Murray or something like that. I just don't know if he's that quality of passer to elevate like that. Um, we, he has never produced better than a low end wide receiver two one time with Marquise Brown and everything. I know this is the best wide receiver Corey's had. Mm-hmm. There's just my doubts. He did throw 10 touchdown passes in the first three games last year with Rashad Bateman, only seven after that due to injury and kind of a lack of weapons around him. It's just if we're going to ask Lamar Jackson to be a completely different player, that's going to get that's going to give me doubts about what he can do. You know, I, my, this you know he's the number four uh, ranked quarterback on underdog right now. If he's going to deliver on that, he's going to have to have a lot of strong rushing performances. So we'll see about that. Uh, I'm just a little bit more trepidatious as why I have him as my quarterback seven, but not very far behind. You know, obviously mm-hmm. this is our quarterback six here. But 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 I, do you buy that though? Like, do you really believe that the just because really? Maybe a little less. I I mean, there, it's possible, like a little less rushing. Yeah, I buy that, but it's it's going to still have to be a, a significant part of his game plan. He's not going to be able just to sit back there and have teams. You know, he's going to need to ha- be drawing a lot of defenders because of the scare that he's going to run to elevate his passing. Because that's what elevates his passing a lot of the time is they're dedicating a lot of defenders to the box to stop him from running the ball opens up a little bit more downfield for him. So that's how he's going to, that's how he's going to succeed as a passer. So I think Mm. he's going to have to set that up a lot. So you you had mentioned that, that season with Marquise Brown, that was the MVP season. You know, he, the the weapons around him were just, they were dull. I mean, other than Mark Andrews, they were there. Everyone was, you know, nobody's, you know, the no, no significant running game, no significant running game outside of him. Marquise Brown was the best receiver. Uh, I think Mark Andrews had maybe been hurt a little bit that season. I, I'm not sure. That was his sophomore season, I believe, 2019. And the team went 14-2. and two. You know, like, I, it's just hard for me to believe that they can't be that same type of team again. This is the best team around him that he's had, on, at least on paper, you know, since he's been in the league. So I think there would be more reason to be excited about him as both a passer and a runner. I just don't see that fading from their playbook or – the opportunities that he's going to have because you look at Justin Fields last year. Yeah. They set him up for a lot of direct runs, but most of his yardage came on scrambles. I don't, I just don't see how that can't be the same reality for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. No, I think Lamar Jackson, I just don't think that the wheel is going to be reinvented. Like you're saying with this, I know now that Greg Roman's gone, I know mm. people are like, man, this is going to be a pass happy offense. Now I, I doubt mm. it. You know, I think the Baltimore Ravens, are a lock to be once again one of the most run-heavy teams in the league with Lamar Jackson, with J.K. Dobbins, mm-hmm. which is just fine for fantasy football leagues. I just don't think it's going to come how some fantasy managers are anticipating. So we're just going to hope that Lamar Jackson is going to stay healthy because if he is, he can definitely pay off and put you know at least be, be an QB MVP one on any season. Yeah, exactly. Be an MVP, MVP for fantasy football purposes. So mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, next up here was my quarterback six, your quarterback seven, tied in our ring. So you know you can call it tied for six here, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Lawrence, mm-hmm. we finally saw it last season. It saved all my dynasty leagues because I went way in his rookie season, you know, investing, you know. So I was drafting him in a lot of first round and super flex leagues. Finally paid off. He cut out the interceptions, eight for eight interceptions the first eight weeks, only two interceptions the final nine games of the season. So Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. I love it this year. He's set up for success. Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, got some Zay Jones was phenomenal at the end of last mm-hmm. season. Travis Etienne, Tank Bigsby back in the backfield. I mean, 
what else could you ask for? This is the Dearness think, Johnson. Uh, That's what else you could ask for. <laughs> well, he's got that too. So <laughs> Dearness Johnson's there. So yeah, I think Trevor Lawrence, I mean, if he's the real deal, he is going to finish as a top eight quarterback this year. He's going to, you know, he's, it's kind of Justin Herbert-esque, maybe even a little bit more so, you know, in the in the sense that he's going to add 300, 400 yards rushing potentially. Mm-hmm. And that is in, in, is in his range of outcomes is what I was trying to say. So I'm super excited about Trevor Lawrence this season. He may be priced towards his ceiling for redraft purposes already. But for Dynasty, I think you're set up for a long-term success here. Mm-hmm. What's your feelings on Trevor Lawrence coming into 2023? Love what I saw out of him last year. Great bounce back. Someone that was being compared to a Peyton Manning-esque type of prospect as a rookie. Obviously, we didn't see that level of you know uh, return from Urban Meyer you know, in, in year one. But man, Doug Peterson was able to turn this offense around, able to unlock Trevor Lawrence. I love the weapons around him in the next, this next two to three year window. I, I, I could actually buy him higher than this. Uh, I could definitely bring him up to number five just because I really like him a lot. I love what I, what I saw out of him last last year, the turnaround. I think he had about 25 total touchdowns. I think he I think he about doubled that. I think he had like 12 or 13 the year prior. Maybe, maybe he was a little bit higher. I'm not sure. But he was also able to cut his interceptions in half from year one to year two, which I think is a really important. You had mentioned just uh, two interceptions down the stretch of the season. I think there's a lot to be confident about with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, realistically, just because of the group around him, he has weapons. He has a good coaching, uh, good coaching team and scheme. So I, I like uh, Trevor Lawrence. A lot of check, a lot of boxes being checked here for him. Great weapons around him. Can has the youth, has the legs, can pass downfield. I think we're only going to see him getting better. So I do think that this is a great value for that two to three year window because I, I think next year we're talking about him as a top five option. Yeah, absolutely. It's somebody who's the most likely person to definitely step in, I believe, as a top five consensus dynasty quarterback, most likely to enter that elite tier along Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, all those guys. Maybe Patrick Mahomes is on his own tier, which I'll, as a Chiefs fan, I feel comfortable saying. So, I, <laughs> with yeah, the, I, don't, I don't hate it. With that, we actually have two tied for the next two spots as well. First up, we'll talk about Deshaun Watson as the quarterback eight. I, you know, obviously, he's had a down year last year and it's been a couple of years since he's performed but i think it's fairly obvious why he didn't perform last season you know you you were looking at guys everybody in the nfl who plays for the most part unless you know you have your uber talented guys who don't have to drive but everyone is so dialed in you know you have guys who are working 10 hours a day at this at football and you know they're, they're practicing you know working at this every single day. And Deshaun Watson has been heavily distracted for the last couple of years, has not been solely dedicated to football. So I think it's, was, you know, I think it was expected to see him struggle last season. There mm-hmm. were some positive signs. I saw some, a lot of run, you know, he had a lot of games where he scrambling. So I think, you know, another guy with 300 to 400 yard, 400 yards rushing to mix in, you know, mm-hmm. this was a guy who finished as a top five fantasy football quarterback three years straight. The last time we saw him, well, you know, what do you expect out of Sean Watson coming, you know, going forward? Do you think we see him return? You know, obviously quarterback yeah. eight to nine, where you had him quarterback nine is obviously not where he once was. But, you know, you see him at least, you know, returning to form a little bit, I should say. That's that's where I'm comfortable taking him. I, I do see him having the potential to move up a few spots, but I don't I don't see him being a top five option after this season. You know, I, I feel very comfortable with uh, him anywhere like nine through 12, because I do think people in your startups are going to discount what he can potentially offer. So I, I actually think you can get him later than QB nine in, yeah, in some, in, in, in some startups because there's, he's a polarizing player, right? 
I do believe, like yourself, the farther that we get away from the legal issues and the closer that we get to him being a more of a full-time 17 full uh, 17 full season quarterback, people are going to be more confident on him. They're going to they're going to see more things on the field. They're going to make them believe that hey, this guy can help my fantasy team. And I and I think that this season's going to be a huge year for him. I love the weapons around him this year. I like that they went out and got Elijah Moore. I don't love Amari Cooper, you know, as, as a fantasy owner, but I think that he's a good fit, you know, for for, for Deshaun Watson. Someone that can stretch the field, who can also be a, a possession type of receiver. I like all the weapons around them. I think it's going to be a lot of Nick Chubb, and I think Nick Chubb's going to help Deshaun Watson look really good this year. They're going to get in the red zone a fair amount. Watson's going to be able to finish inside the inside the five or the ten because you know they're they're missing you know maybe a secondary running back behind Nick Chubb. So I do think that you could see Deshaun Watson get in that mix potentially for like seven to nine rushing touchdowns and also bring home you know twenty five plus passing touchdowns. I don't think that's really crazy to say is outside of his um, you know, potential production he can bring home this year just based off of the offense around him. I don't think that Stefanski is going to be like, yeah, yeah, Deshaun Watson, let's just keep him in the pocket, right? You know, I, I think that they're going to use him to his fullest ability. He'll run the ball. He's a good passer. I just think that we need to see it more. You haven't, again, like even with like, you know, comparing Patrick Mahomes to Josh Allen, you have that confidence because of what you have seen Right. And the results that have been brought home, there are fewer results for Deshaun Watson. Just what, eight games last season? Is that right? I think less than that. He came back in week, uh, to week 12. No, we came back in week 13. I think there was a buy in there, too. Yeah, so. there was. Yeah, there was. There was a buy. So that that's just not enough. Um not enough, you know, information to take off of. Like he wasn't, he wasn't going to be good. He couldn't be with the team. He couldn't be, you know, running through the playbook. You know, getting on the same page with his guys, having to work on his own. I think that this full off season is going to be big for him. And I, again, like I, I feel okay taking him at nine. I think I can get him later. Yeah. You might be able to get him later, but you know, this is a guy, you know, I don't think the ta- talent's probably falling off. I think he's a pretty safe bet to have bounce back this year. Like I said, we, we saw, I saw when I was watching, go back and watching a little bit of the film. I saw a lot of those things, you know, he's just making some boneheaded plays that I think he can, yeah. I think they're fixable. You know what I mean? They just, he, some wildly inaccurate passes, some bad decisions that maybe some rust accumulating over those couple years. So I imagine he's still the guy, the incredible pocket evader who just sits back there in the pocket and just shrugs off like five or six defenders. So Sean Watson, somebody I expect to have a bounce back season this year. And next up here, this is somebody you, you had Justin Fields ahead of Deshaun Watson. I had Justin Fields one spot behind Deshaun Watson. I understand that because of the rushing upside, how about you sell the folks on why Justin Fields is, your 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 Justin Fields is going sure. to be fantastic going forward. Uh, you just look at that Eagles playbook, right? I mean, you, you go out, you get yourself that wide receiver one for your running heavy uh, quarterback who needs that assistance. The offense has been just completely thirsty for a true receiver. We have DJ Moore now. We have Chase Claypool. I believe that Fields is going to take a leap forward, a big leap forward as a passer, and you're still going to have a relatively safe floor in terms of rushing yards. I believe he had over over 1100 I think it was over 1200 rushing yards this past season I expect that to regress you know I I still think that he can bring home 800 and 900 rushing yards in this offense where they're going to run the ball a lot but the whole priority of this offseason is to build a passing offense for Justin Fields so that he can get the ball out faster they've built up the offensive line they've added weapons around him this is what the Bears have been trying to do and they gave up huge capital to to get DJ Moore so don't you know, people that are thinking like, oh, he's going to come in and just kind of be middled in this offense. He's going to be used a lot. 
And this is a guy that has put up very poor or very good stats with very bad quarterbacks. The relationship between those two players is going to benefit both of them immensely. I think that we're going to see a very, very big year from Justin Fields. I could see anywhere from 40 plus total touchdowns, not passing total touchdowns. And like I said, anywhere from that, like 800 to a thousand yards rushing still. And that's a regression from last year. You know, I love the rushing upside. I think he's in for a fantastic year. It's just, man, for real life purposes going forward, you know, anytime Justin Fields steps on the field, he's going to be a fantastic fantasy football player. Just for, for real life purposes for dynasty, he is going to have to be a better passer, obviously, than he was oh, last of year. And I, of yeah. course, the weapons didn't do him any favors, but he, you know, he was number like, you know, uh, player profiler does these accuracy ratings, and you know, mm -hmm. it's one, it's a person, you know, ha, you know, hand judging, you know, watching film and judging the quality of the pass and giving it a rating. So it's not an exact science or anything, but bottom of the league in that category, bottom of the league in true completion mm -hmm. percentage, bottom of the league in QBR or not QBR, a passer rating, it's mm -hmm. or one of those stats i was looking at it um it's just who you know he's a lot to overcome i think if anybody can do it just feels i think he, you know i think that just kind of shows maybe the the you know he's a much developed pastor than somebody like anthony richardson too so you know that's a little maybe reason to be trepidatious about anthony richardson too but i think yes dj moore was a great start in setting justin fields up for success so yeah i think this this sounds about right i prefer just sean watson just because i i think you know you were talking about you know the I just while I disagree with you, you know, of course I prefer those running quarterbacks for fantasy leagues. I understand why you like those pocket passers, though, like you were saying, mm -hmm. because they give you kind of that safer floor. You know, we know what we're expecting out of them. Where Justin Fields, kind of a high risk, high reward. There's an erratic range of outcomes that could end up happening. But I do like the Chicago offense to be a lot better this season. I just like to see those pass attempts per game creep up a little bit. You know, him develop you know. that's that's absolutely gonna happen that that's again the whole playbook from this offseason you don't give up the the first pick in the draft for a player that you're not going to use a lot and i just also firmly believe that their improvements on the offensive line are going to help justin fields immensely he would he had no time to throw man he was running for his life i think he led the league in quarterback scrambles last year you couldn't get to two mississippi before he was under pressure i'm telling you like and the guy was on his back all of last year honestly that's what's the biggest concern for me is protecting him. If they don't protect him as well, or, or I'm sorry, if they don't improve in protecting him from last season, he's probably out by week 10. Because the guy was literally just pulling himself up off the ground almost every other play last year. He was laying there for like the extra three seconds. Bears fans are always scared. They're just always scared yeah. this guy wasn't going to get up. Yeah, the, the Cam Newton kind of treatment that he got over a couple of years there. Um, what, mm -hmm. Who did you guys take in the first round, the Bears, with your first uh, pick? Was it uh, Darnell Wright? Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, you took a tackle. That, that was a great mm -hmm. pick for Justin Fields. So mm -hmm. hopefully that offensive line is improving. Next up here, quarter our quarterback 10 is Kyler Murray. Now, I, I yeah, I really like Kyler Murray still for Dynasty purposes. He's mm -hmm. finished as a top eight quarterback in fantasy points per game the last three seasons. You know, obviously the criticisms come when we – Think about the work ethic, potentially the video games, I guess, you know what I mean? Too much video games. And then, you know, when you watched him struggle as a passer last year, you know, he's not, he's dialing back that running a little bit, it seems. Mm -hmm. And, he, you know, he struggled as a pure passer, more of a pure passer last season. However, you know, when you look at the landscape around the league, he's clearly, you know, he's, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be a starter in this league for the foreseeable future. It's just the only 
you know, my biggest concern is can this guy stay healthy? And that's why he's the quarterback 10, not mm-hmm. a little bit higher. I think, you know, his potential is still top five fantasy quarterback. And I think, you yep. know, he could certainly see that 2023 could be a little bit, you know, why he, another reason why he's back here is I think his value could be a little depressed this season. Mm-hmm. Coming back from an ACL injury, he could start off a little bit slow. His legs won't be underneath him. The Cardinals offense, you know, could be a disaster. It um, First year head coach wasn't very strong last year. And then Kyler Murray coming back. Cardinals, they're already projected to have a top five pick in next year's draft. So, you know, a lot of uncertainty around Kyler Murray. This is more of a, you know, if he might fall a little bit in my rankings, if I was planning on competing this season, you know, maybe not somebody I'm looking at taking, but you're you're taking a long term look at your dynasty league. I think Kyler Murray is certainly worth it as the quarterback 10. What are your feelings? Yeah, I think his high range of outcomes is a top five quarterback. You know, under the right circumstances, I think they build a better team around him. This could be a value, you know, in, in, in another year here. And again, we have him at what, nine or 10? What is it? Our consensus? 10. ten. ten. I think 10 can be a value. This, the, like, if you draft him as the quarterback 10 in a startup this year, I do believe that the next year and the following year, he can give you a top 10 performance inside the top 10, you know, somewhere five to seven. Either. They build up the team around him, or he just walks. You know, he gets out of there, gets in a better situation, and he, like you had said, he's a, a a head and a tier above a lot of quarterbacks in this league. He is not going anywhere. He's going to be a quarterback that's going to offer a safe floor for the next three to four years. Obviously, this year is a big discount for him because he's coming in with an injury. We don't know when he's going to take the field. But, you know, people are saying like, oh, yeah, the Cardinals are going to have the worst record this year. I don't see that happening. I, I do see him coming back. He's going to rally the team to a point. I'm not saying he's going to get them somehow back magically into playoff contention or he's going to be some you know huge X factor that, you know, affects their wins and losses. I do think he comes back and he gets them out of like that bottom three. I think, you know, like you'd said, like top or bottom five, I think they could finish as like the fourth or fifth worst team this year but there's just a lot to like about him he still has legs he still has a good deep ball I just feel like the weapons around him are depleted like I, I just don't love the the roster that they've built around him I know they went out and got Marquise Brown who he's really close with but you know just because you're close with somebody doesn't mean it's good for the team you know like I feel like they need you know another type of DeAndre Hopkins I'm not saying like you're just gonna find that but they need more big body guys that can stretch the field for him I think that's when we've seen him at his best when he's pushing the ball down the field and he's mixing in you know you know some play action with his legs yeah I mean that'll be the big question I'm ready to see you know, what we're gonna see with the rushing upside going forward off an ACL injury you know entering those mid-20s so Kyler Murray, there's certainly a lot of risk to him, but the upside is certainly, you know, he has the highest upside clearly. He's already, he's already bouncing around right now. I mean, he's already up on up on his legs and everything. Sure. You know, people were talking about last uh, end of May, beginning of June, James Robinson's going to retire because of his injury. He's going to, he's not even going to be on the field week one. Now, obviously these are two different type of examples here, but you know, the, the, the talk in May is always going to be, you know, less nourished than August. Right. So I think in August, maybe even early September, we're talking a little bit differently about Kyler Murray. There's probably a clearer picture when he's going to be back. And again, I think he does climb from this 10 spot. I think that you're getting him at value right here. And again, like Deshaun Watson, he's another player that you can probably get after quarterback 10 because he's polarizing. There's going to be people in your lobbies and in your drafts that are going to discount him and say, no, he's the cod player. He's closer to being a, a, a Twitch streamer than he is a QB one. 
that's just that's not the belief uh, or thought of belief that I that I have in in him. I still think that he can be a, a potential you know top five QB in this league. Last season coming in, he was he was my QB five in dynasty. Yeah, I mean, I completely understand why you'd have him that high too. Yeah, the video games. I think are just kind of a, a distraction. Hopefully that lets you get him out of value in your leagues. Up next, quarterback 11, your quarterback 10, my quarterback 12, Dak Prescott. You know, I think Dak Prescott, the first feelings I have, you know, I think safe floor, we know what we're going to get before for the next few years. Mm-hmm. You know, just not, you know, I just, there's just not a really like a high range of outcomes where I see him like finishing as a perennial top five, top six quarterback. I think he's going to settle in probably into that low quarterback one, very, very high quarterback two range probably each season. Of course, CeeDee Lamb is there. They lost Dalton Schultz, added Brandon Cooks. Michael Gallup could be a little bit healthier this season. So Dak Prescott, the big, you know, the big concern for fantasy is I would say that, you know, he hasn't had over 200 yards rushing since 2019. Those mm-hmm. touchdowns, those rushing yards have dissipated in recent years, probably aren't coming back at this stage, probably settling into more of a pocket passer type role but i mean it's hard to it's hard to know what we get from Dak prescott sometimes he looks like one of the best pure passers in the nfl a couple seasons ago before he uh, broke his ankle i mean he mm-hmm. was throwing for nearly 500 yards had 400 yard passing performances so you know mm-hmm. what what are your feelings on Dak prescott and what we should expect for the next couple of years i think he has a good two to three year window i don't know if i would want him outside of that uh he's i believe 29 so i'm putting him up to like 34 or 35 I believe for his career, I think that's when he's probably going to park it. So this pick for me in this range is more a win now type of option. I'm not investing in in him for long term. I like this position where I'm getting, especially like in a super flex, right? Like I I could potentially be getting, you know, my first guy at value and then maybe drafting, you know, someone a little bit younger, you know, in in the QB2 territory. Or I'm settling, you know, with one of those top options and maybe like a Burrow or a Herbert and then coming back and saying, you know what, I like this veteran. I like his situation in Dallas. I know that they're going to pass a lot. And like you said, we know what we're going to get out of him, right? So it's kind of like a win now type of pick. I'm willing to put him in that top 12 conversation because I value him immensely for this season and next season specifically. I think he is of high value. But beyond that, I feel like there is going to be a bit of a dip. I feel like the, he's going to fall off the shelf some. So I'm willing to buy in him for these next two seasons, and then I'm probably trying to check out. Or if I do see like some really crazy run of stats or production from him, I can dish him off. Yeah, like I said, you know, I think you're going to get what you're going to get these next couple of years. I, I totally agree with what you said. And yeah, maybe maybe somebody who, if he has a couple great weeks, somebody you look to get off of just because, mm-hmm. like I said, the super high range of outcomes without that rushing upside and not being, and Dak Prescott just not being the quality of passer that some of these mm-hmm. elite, elite quarterbacks are, it's probably going to settle more in as a top 12, top 10 to 15 quarterback. In these I, have a, I have a question for you because this is something that I'm seeing a lot like on Twitter and on Reddit. Do you believe that Dallas is going to be a run heavy team or a pass heavy team this upcoming season? I mean, it really depends. I, Man, that's it's it's I, I, it's probably going to be very balanced. I mean, it's you can okay. see arguments for both sides, but I I it's just I know I guess I what I should say is this: I know Dak Prescott isn't going to take on a super super high volume passing role. So I think mm-hmm. at worst it's going to be balanced. And if they add somebody like if they add back Ezekiel Elliott later this offseason, then I think you could be looking at a very rush heavy attack. So I I think it could be balanced to lean toward run, more run heavy. But 
I'm I'm in though. the I'm in the boat that they're going to pass a lot, and that's just right. that's just kind of what I've seen, and maybe that's where I differentiate with people is I look at this offense and see they're going to pass a lot. Like I just don't think that Tony Pollard coming off of even his injury, they're trying to give him you know 20 rushing attempts a game. Rojo, no confidence there. Malik Davis, no confidence there. I love Deuce Vaughn, but I don't think that he's a guy that you want taking 15 plus carries. Like he should be used more in the passing game. I think he is more of a pass friendly type of weapon. And right now he could slot in as their second running back behind Tony Pollard, you know, given the lack of depth that they have, or at least perceived depth depth that they have. So I'm in the boat that they're going to pass a lot. And that's why I'm willing to spend on him again for like this next one to two year window. Yeah. I mean, it's certain. Yeah. I mean, I could certainly see that too, especially when you list out that running back room and then they get into some positive games, you know, some competitive game scripts too, you know, playing, playing behind a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Dak Prescott could be flinging that around a little bit. And, you know, if Brandon cooks steps in and is healthy all year, you know, that's a very dependable wide receiver too, too. This could be a good passing attack. Last up, or we'll uh, we'll, we'll discuss who you will discuss our last picks here because these last two picks Mm -hmm. are, I had Anthony Richardson as the quarterback 11. You didn't have him ranked because we did top 12, but you said you'd have him at 13. Yep. So he falls in at the 12th spot here. And man, I just love the upside. You know, the floor is bottomless. You know, he might not even be an NFL quality passer, you know, but man, I, you know, most athletic quarterback to ever test at the NFL combine, just huge human being, like six foot three, 240 plus pound. Mm -hmm. And that quick, you know, four, 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 two. 40 yard dash. Yeah. Very, very fast. You know, no matter what. So size is just, it's absolutely ridiculous. So it's just, man, anytime this guy steps on the field, you know, he, he could be a top 12 quarterback just cause he's going to be running that ball RPO with John, Jonathan Taylor. I guess the, the, the concern for fantasy and dynasty is how long is this guy, what's this guy's leash going to be? How long are they going to let him develop as a passer? Cause I know the first few times we see him out there on the field, it's going to be a little rough, you know, just Justin Fields last year esque, and he's nowhere near as developed as passer as Justin Fields was even. Right. So, you could be rough. How long do NFL teams? How long are teams willing going to let him? And can he develop into a NFL quality passer? Because I I guarantee that he is not that right now, and he's going to have to develop into that. But I mean, this isn't a guy you know watching film. You know, this isn't a guy who I'm just like, man, these mechanics are horrible. He's just not doing anything right. I mean, mm-hmm. he, I think he might, he may just need some time to develop. He's not, he's not over. I mean, he's, I would say, you know, you look at the tools, you look at the throwing motion. It's a lot crisper than like um, Malik Willis last year, for example. Mm-hmm. So I think he's further along than that. I, but yeah, I think that of course there is a lot of concerns. What are your feelings on Anthony Richardson? I think we're looking at a potential, like a Justin Fields level rookie season. You know, I, I, th- I think that, with the weapons that he has around him, he's in a much and much better situation than Justin Fields was. Much better offensive line, better receivers, tight ends, running back, etc. So I think he is in a position to succeed. You just have to believe it. You just you just have to believe at, at this point in May and in June if he's going to be the guy. I think that he can be a good passer because of the weapons that he has around him. I still like Alec Pierce. I still like Josh Downs and Michael Pittman quite a bit. You've got two big body tight ends in Jelani Woods and uh, Moali Cox. I think that they have a system that they can implement that's going to lead him to success. A lot of running from Jonathan Taylor, a lot of direct runs from Anthony Richardson, and you're mixing in probably a lot of low A dot type of passing options, a very West Coast middle type of offense. You're not going to maybe see someone like leap ahead of leap in production in the league like Michael Pittman or you know 
maybe even Jonathan Taylor. I, you know, maybe he's actually taking away some production from Jonathan Taylor, you know, inside the red zone because I expect they're going to use him as a runner. They dra- with the draft capital that he received and all the talk in Indy, it sounds like they want him to start week one. They do not want him on the sideline. They're ready for the growing pains. And I'm, I feel like I'm ready to buy in as well. I'm, I might be just. You know, I may have caught the illness of his hype, as I've as I've said in uh, some previous shows and articles. But I just think that, you know, the potential ceiling that we've talked about many times is much higher than Stroud or uh, Bryce Young in his first year. And you have to take year one into consideration, like Stroud or Young could be the better prospect over the next five years. But we still got to play this year, guys. Like we we, we still got to ante up. We got to, you know, restock our stable of quarterbacks in Dynasty. And me and uh, me and Emerson here are very high on taking Richardson as that top guy because of the potential highest ceiling. That rushing upside, you just can't deny it. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud maybe are more likely to be starters five, ten years mm-hmm. down the line, but that's not really what we're playing for here. So, Anthony Richardson, yeah, my quarterback one for rookie. And, yeah, I mean, anytime he's out there, I think he's going to be a great fantasy play just because they're going to have him run the ball a lot. That RPO with Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. is going to be lethal. Low-key, low I have uh, the Colts winning week one up against the Jaguars at home. Mm, at least exciting. covering the spread. At least at least covering the spread. Yeah, I didn't like the odds that the, the, the Jags that. were getting on the road. Like, they just won the division. They're playing a rookie QB, and they're getting, yeah. like, minus 155 on the road. It makes no you're sense. A, you're a savage looking at these week one spreads. It's May. They, they pay me to do that. They pay me oh. to do that. Oh Jesus, man! Wow. Plus, th- that- plus three and a half. Like, and again, like, why? Why isn't it? Why isn't it seven? Why isn't it ten? If 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 the market was low on Anthony Richardson, that would be the spread of that game. You know what I mean? Like, it's a three point <laughs> game because the Colts are at home with a rookie QB versus Trevor Lawrence that just took a huge step forward that has a high octane passing offense built around him. Come on, that should be a seven or ten point spread. Yeah, I agree with that. I think. Uh... I think the Jack, you know, that could be an ugly game. I think Anthony Richardson could certainly struggle that first week. But last up, and I had uh, – that was quarterback 12, but I wanted mm-hmm. to throw the quarterback 13. I don't have him anywhere near as high, so I wanted mm-hmm. to give you an opportunity to sell Jared Goff as your Appreciate quarterback you. 13 in Dynasty Leagues. Appreciate you. Yeah, you just look at the Our Detroit Lions and, and look how they finished last season. Uh, when was the last time Jared Goff threw an interception? I mean, knock on wood for the young man, but – it feels like they have something there built around him that I feel that gives us more trust in Jared Goff. I love Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, I love uh, some Sam Laporta. Jamison Williams might be gone for six games, but look what he did when he came back with just like nine to ten touches. The guy was absolutely electric. I feel like people are still going to discount this team because it's the Lions. Jared Goff doesn't have that brand ability uh, of you know Patrick Mahomes or even Kyler Murray, but I don't. See, like I don't, I don't even know why I would have Kyler Murray over Jared Goff. He's in a, he's in a much better situation. What? Because he, what? Kyler Murray can run when he's healthy. You know what I mean? Like what? You know, what do we? I think that we probably should reevaluate that. Like if you're in a startup this year and you're looking to win now, you're not drafting Kyler Murray over Jared Goff. You know, I, I just feel like the the offense is much better. You look at what they've added in Jameer Gibbs. That's going to be a passing weapon. You have David Montgomery. That's also a passing weapon. He's caught thirty plus receptions as a as a running back. I think in like three consecutive seasons now. I think that they have a lot more uh, push to pass the ball more than they do run. So I, I like Jared Goff's situation. I think that he's kind of settled in there. People look at the Herndon Hooker draft pick, and they've already talked about redshirting him. I don't think that there's like some immediate threat for Jared Goff to lose his job. And I, again, to me, 
the the consignment on burying Jared Goff into like 15 through 17 in Dynasty. It's just because I his have. name's. It's. It, I. I just. I just disagree. It's because of his past. You know. I mean, if, it's, if, yeah, it is because of his past. And I, I. I agree so with that. That. That's fine. But he doesn't play for the Rams anymore. Okay. Like since he's come to the Lions, he's been nothing but good. He's been nothing but great. He's been a quarterback one. So. So we're just immediately assuming Jared Goff is bad. He got lucky. So let's bury him in our rankings because he can't repeat or replicate the production from last season. You know, that's not necessarily my worry. And I feel like I'm giving him respect, ranking him as like the quarterback 15, 17. Like I said, I need to pull back those rankings a little bit. But I mean, I guess my concern is this. When you look, well, you have to bet that he's going to regress then. You have to bet that he is going to regress from his previous season total. If he's going to be 15 or 16, he was not quarterback 15 last year. No, no, he was not. You're right. And I, for redraft purposes, you know, I think he is. I love, don't, now this is diving into a little bit. I love him at that underdog ADP of quarterback 18. I think it is. Woo. I love that. That is that psycho. Have, yeah, I know. That it's, is going to absolutely return. psycho. And you look at his week 17 correlation, he should be up at 14. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, quarter, you know, yeah. Like I said, I love him for redraft this season. My concern is, and I talk about this with a lot of these guys and why he settles in a little bit later. Mm hmm. When the Detroit Lions and who are probably very competitive, you know, what gives him a little job security is the Detroit Lions are good and he has all the weapons around him to succeed. Probably not going to be a position to draft a quarterback, but go ahead. You know, I want to, I want to touch back on that though. I want to make a note on that. Go ahead. When the Detroit Lions are looking around at the other, around the TIG and they're competing for playoffs these next couple of years, they're competing maybe for even for a Super Bowl these next couple of seasons. When you look around, it's Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, you know, all these teams, it's just, man. It's like you're, you're the Detroit Lions. You have this great team set up around Jared Goff. It's just like, like man, we had like it's just the quarterback has such a mar margin for error. Like the Kansas City Chiefs roster is so much worse actually than the Detroit Lions. When you just look at the starters, not so much worse, but it's you know you take the Detroit Lions team, but Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. elevates them so much. So does Detroit in these next couple seasons think to themselves, man, if we just had somebody who is a little bit better than Jared Goff, you know what I mean, or just a little bit, you know, he, which I get. So again, he finished his quarterback seven last year. And in the in NFC, fantasy, right? Yes, in fantasy. And in the NFC, that puts him at quarterback four. The NFC is completely wide open after the Philadelphia Eagles, in my opinion. So again, kind of back to the Kyler Murray situation. We just said Jared Goff, he has a very uh, good team built around him. Kyler Murray does not. He does not have a good team of weapons around him. So again, I'm, I'm almost questioning myself having Kyler Murray ahead of him because again, I see the high range of outcomes for Kyler Murray. But it's all going to be on him. Jared Goff, call him a bus driver. Call him a fraud. Say that he's going to regress. But if he's going to regress, he has to double down on that. Quarterback seven, and he's being drafted in Dynasty as quarterback 15 through 18. I'll take that all day. And again, I'm evaluating him as quarterback 12. So that means I have him five spots back from where he finished last season. I just don't see a – I see a reality where – in that division, they can still be good. Like, I, I mean, the division only got worse with Aaron Rodgers leaving in the Packers. Like, what I feel like they regressed the most in that division. Um, the Vikings are going to be very middled. When we're talking about, like, playoff runs and things like that, I think that the NFC is wide open behind the Eagles. I, I just don't see an immense level of competition in the NFC right now. And if he finished as, like I said, quarterback four, the guys that finished ahead of him in the NFC were Kirk Cousins in his own division, one spot ahead, Geno Smith, and Jalen Hurts. Those are the guys that finished ahead of him last year. So what if if he has to regress, I think that we have to have a an argument that 
Geno Smith could regress to, to, I, to this I next agree. season. And Kirk Cousins, he's a complete wild card as a player. No, you could look at Jared Goff as the second highest no. fantasy QB in the NFC. It's crazy. And, and those are two guys I would have I was going to bring up. So that, you know, let's look, let's take a look at some of the quarterbacks' difference because he's the quarterback nineteen on fantasy pros. We'll, oh. well, let's look. Let's look. So oh. it's it's oh. CJ. He's twenty eight years old. It's CJ Stroud and Bryce Young, two top five picks in the most recent NFL draft. I get that. You know the talent. The upside end of outcomes, I would certainly say, is higher than Jared Goff's, who was also a number two pick in his own right. But the kind of the unknown factor, you know, right. the pure passing ability, you know. Okay, so I understand where they're coming from there. Also, we have Tua, Tua. you know, the weapons there, very talented, pure passer. You, clearly, you have Jared Goff ahead of Tua as well. Tua could die uh, on any play, yeah. <laughs> that's very true. Knock on wood, G- I don't want that to happen. I'm not banging that drum. Geno Smith and Kirk Cousins guys who I would absolutely put in the same category, Jared Goff guys who maybe not the most talented guys, but perfect situations. So the similar guys in that situation, in that regard to me, and then Daniel Jones as well ahead of Jared Goff and all those guys. While I, I know you have Jared Goff ahead. I could, I understand the argument for every one of those guys ahead of Jared Goff. I get it, but it is close. But you're just not having it. You're like Jared. Goff no, no, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm, I'm convincing myself that I probably need to put him over. Like For I said, it's Kyler oh, Murray. I, I love that. So I, I just, I understand why each of those guys actually would be ahead of Jared Goff. Mm. I just, I know it's, it's because the past. We were, just, we're yeah. we've seen Jared Goff play poorly. It's just Jared Goff, how bad he oh. is under pressure. You know, I have one. I things. have one for you, Jared Goff or Derek Carr. Long term. Oh well, Jared Goff. I, okay. I, I like Jared Goff more. Yeah, okay. Uh, I, I'm assuming that you're going to take. Uh, I'm just going through the NFC here. So, you, Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins? Who would you take? It's. It, I mean, that, that's too tough. close. I, I, I too mean, Kirk, close. Kirk, too, very close. Okay. Kirk that's Cousins fine. by an inch. Kirk Cousins by an inch. That hey, that's exactly how it uh, ended last season. So, Jared Goff or any Tampa QB? Jared Goff. Jared Goff or any Atlanta QB? Jared Goff. Uh, Jared Goff or Sam Howell or any, you know, or Jared or Jacoby Brissett. Jared you're, you're, are you going Dan Jones over Jared Goff? It's very, that's a, that's, that one's too, that one's almost too close to call. I would get in fantasy this season, Daniel Jones. Yeah, gonna, Goff's going to have better, better stats in my mind. Uh, just rush, better, better, rush, better total. Rush, rushing is going to even, Daniel even with, even with the rushing, I, I still think that he, he still outbeats Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones coming off a career season, finished five spots behind uh, Jared Goff this past season. Jared Goff or Dak uh, Prescott? Dak Prescott by a little bit, not by much. Uh, he's this like, season, I think, I think, Goff, I think Goff is one year younger. So it's, I, I, I can see that being close. Uh, Gino or Jared Goff? That one's too close. I I I, I couldn't pick one. Like, can you do you know who the San Francisco knows, 49ers quarterback is going to be this season? Apparently, it's going to be Brock Purdy. To my surprise, I was Brock Purdy or Jared Goff. Jared Goff. All right, you see where I'm going here. Like you're yeah, you're I mean, picking Jared Goff over the majority of the NFC QBs. I get it. I get it. Um, Matt, for fan- Matt, last two: Matt Stafford and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, Jared Goff over Matt Stafford. Okay, so you took Jared Goff essentially over the majority of the quarterbacks in at least the NFC. So there yeah. you go. I think Jared Goff is a starter in this league. I just don't know how long. You know, sometimes sometimes those guys in his category mix around a little bit. Right. I well, I know they drafted a, a 52 year old quarterback to come in in redshirt. So uh, I, I don't think he's a threat. I think Hendon Hooker is a long term backup in this league. But yeah, well, but 
we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, I'm going to, before we do, before we do our little send off, I just want to give one more final shout out to our friends over at edge boost. The double down play of the day. Remember is the golden Knights plus 1.5 edge boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sports gambling podcast.com slash edge to sign up today at sports gambling podcast.com slash edge. Good stuff. And if you wouldn't mind, if you were still listening at this point in the show, make sure you subscribe, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We really, really appreciate it. Justin, anything exciting going on with the SGPN Network this week? Uh, me and Andrew are doing our third cardio draft tonight. I will be back on the bike. We're, we're going we're to be taking a ride, doing some Jesus. exercise, doing some drafting. It's going to wow. be good stuff. Come, come back tonight around uh, 9 p.m. Eastern, same place. All right, I love it. Yeah, and we'll, we'll maybe I think maybe a little running back preview maybe this Sunday. All right, well. I like it. I like so it. So we'll we'll see you in a few days, everybody. Check back with Andrew and Justin tonight while they're d- doing their crazy. You know, these guys, Dgens, is as far as can be with their gambling underdog. Now they're biking too, so there's a lot going on there. Enjoy it, everyone, and enjoy the rest of your Thursday as well. Thanks so much for joining us.